He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How beautiful to be with you, brothers and sisters, and remember and commend that night when he loved his own. The Lord Jesus loved his own and loved them to the end. Why the end? The end because his end is all beginning. His end is the start for all life. It is not far off, brothers and sisters, when we will listen to the scriptures and hear the words of the angel. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen as he said, for his end is life. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, having thus made purification for sin, he was seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Purification from all sin and seated. The verb is really he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. See, this beautiful night is what St. Paul says rightly, what I receive from the Lord, I hand on to you. I have those exact words in Latin inscribed on the paten. The paten is the little golden disc that holds the host. So the chalice that will come out tonight at Mass, that paten and chalice which was given to me as a gift by my family, which has in the node of the chalice the diamond from my mother's engagement ring and my grandmother's engagement ring, and has those words inscribed so that I might not forget. I have the joy and the privilege to hand on. And what is the handing on? It is the proclamation of the Lord's death until he comes. And why is death until he comes? Because he lives. He is at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so when he loves his own to the end, he loves them in the way that endures utterly. That is why you and I don't simply have to sing in memory of Jesus, but rather we hymn in adoration of the Jesus. That that power, and notice this, in his resurrection day, that morning of the resurrection, perhaps the soul on earth that loved him most after the Virgin Mary, Maggie Magdalene, when she sees the resurrected Christ, he says, do not touch me. He might have said it nicer than that, I don't know. Don't touch me. Because what has to happen? Later that day, he has to be known on the road to Emmaus in the breaking of the bread. Later that night, he has to breathe on the apostles, his first priests, and give the power to forgive sins. He had to let them know, I am in the Eucharist forever. I love you to the end. I give the power to forgive sins, not in a hoity-toity notional way, but in concrete reality until the end. I love you to the end. Only after that does he say to the apostle Thomas, touch, put your hand into my marks, in my side. I've given you all the ways to know. So St. Paul says proudly, rightly, beautifully, I hand on to you what I received. And when you do, you proclaim the death because the death is life. The death is the purification of all sin. And it is the seating at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And you don't simply adore me in a notional way. 
in a sentimental way, though hopefully it gives good sentiments. I wear this chasuble tonight. It's the chasuble I wore when I was ordained a priest. It is not the prettiest one I have, but it reminds me. I wear this alb tonight because it was a gift to me from the bishop who made me a priest by God's power and his prayer. Not because that makes me feel superior, but makes me feel humble. I hope you might have something this own night yourself, or perhaps an experience will be created because he loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. And our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ, the blood that pulses life until the very end, until your very end, until my very end, until the end of all things. And he washes feet at the conclusion. Now, we are forbidden by Holy Mother Church, right or wrong, to have the washing of feet tonight due to corona pandemic. And whether you agree with that or disagree with that, let us see it as the humble act of charity, that I have no command over the things of God myself, but I must serve them. And after, when on the resurrection day, he said to Mary Magdalene, don't touch. But then when there's breaking of bread and breathing in forgiveness of sins, then supercharge, jam it right in the side. Come into my side. Anima Christi, soul of Christ, sanctify me. You'll hear it tonight. Blood of Christ, wash me. Yeah, touch, taste. And then, as he goes to take his seat at the right hand of majesty, what is his command? Go, therefore, he says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. Could there be a more joyful point of life than that? To remember these things and to know that in the remembering of these things, we get to hold on tight in the breaking of the bread and the forgiveness of sins and have the greatest duty of all time, have the most joyful obligation ever given to go and make disciples and baptize and teach. And not, he doesn't just say that, you father, you priests do it, you apostles do it. No, all there on the hill, all. Go, make disciples and baptize them and teach them these beautiful mysteries and more. Do we have power? We have power. Now, I'm going to reference the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 1391 to 96. Oh, Father, because this class, sort of. I can't wash the feet, so I get a few extra minutes in the sermon, right? Six of the great powers of Holy Communion. One, Holy Communion augments our union with Christ. The first fruit of receiving the Eucharist and Holy Communion is intimate union with Jesus. Love Jesus. He loved his own to the end. To the end of 2001 and beyond. To the end of time. Not just his end. Intimate union. When you make Holy Communion, love. Be a lover. There's that in the Station of the Cross we pray. There's the rewriting of the Sabbat Mater, right? Jesus Christ, be our lover in your food and in our brother. Absolutely. Intimate. Intimate union with Christ. 
Number two, Holy Communion separates from, from sin. Yes, so. If you are in a state of grace and make frequent communions, it gets harder and harder to sin. Three, as bodily nourishment restores lost strength, so the Eucharist strengthens our charity, which tends to be weakened by daily life. That's true. <laughs> daily life is testing. Go make disciples. In that world, Lord, did you know Twitter? Did you know so, right? Did you know all that, Lord? Yes, he loved him to the end and gave you power that amongst daily life, which does weaken, your charity can burn strong. Number four, by the same charity that it enkindles in us, the Eucharist preserves us from future mortal sins. Yes. St. Josemaria has this line, all the good we have done, or all the, excuse me, all the evil we have done, all the good we have failed to do, if you, Jesus, had not redeemed us by your most loving presence. Oh yes, the union will protect you. Five, and this is one of my favorite ones, these last two are my favorite. The unity of the mystical body, the Eucharist makes us the church. I wouldn't know probably any of you if it wasn't for the Eucharist, because I wouldn't be a Christian without the Eucharist. I certainly wouldn't be a priest without it. And probably two-thirds of you, if I did know you, the first meeting would be enough for both of us. <laughs> but instead, it binds us together in the church. You know, I had that beautiful privilege. You know, it was so short. Thanks to all good people here, I got sent here to build this church. So instead of living in Rome for years and years and getting a fancy doctorate and all that, you've heard this before, here I come. all the people I met, all colors, all places, all languages. You know, one of the most beautiful things in the world is, is to go to a World Youth Day and see all the peoples and races of the earth on their knees in love with Jesus and in love with one another. You want to see two people from opposite ends of the earth who don't have any way to speak the same language but can communicate with one another perfectly because they adore the one God in the Holy Eucharist. Six, the Eucharist commits us to the poor. To receive in truth, this is the catechism, to receive in truth the body and blood of Christ given for up, we must recognize Christ in the poorest, his brethren. That is a beautiful challenge. Some of us have had the beauty of living it. Some of us have had the harshness of living it but it drives us to our neighbor because he loved his own and who are his own. Who did Christ say he was going to embrace when he was lifted up? Oh, that's right. All people. <laughs> when I am lifted up to the earth, I will draw all to myself. He loved his own to the end. He loved everybody to the end. Gosh darn it, I have to love everybody to the end. And praise God for it, so I don't get stuck in my small mindset. I don't get stuck in my own small habits. I don't get stuck in my way that I want to always do things this way, which, believe you, for me personally, is super hard. Because my ego convinces me that I've got it all figured out. But I know I don't. Maybe you think you've got it all figured out. Well, I should come listen to you then, right? 
Maybe you feel like you don't have anything figured out. But if you're worshiping God, you're awful close. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of the Lord. When he accomplished purification from sin, he seated himself at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. And when he resurrected in might and all his power passed into the sacraments, oh, it's true. And don't pity poor Mary Magdalene because you got to see him first and make lots and lots of holy communions after. And my guess is before he ascended, he even got to give him a hug. But on that resurrection, he doesn't get to touch, not till breaking of the bread, Eucharist, not till breathing and forgiving of sins, confession. After that, and then who is it? Good old Doubting Thomas. Stick your hands in. Touch. No. And so, on this sacred night, it is true, I'm going to say the prayers of the Mass a little slower. Sometimes on Sundays I really get rolling because I've got it memorized and I love it, and I'm just dying to say the name of Jesus as quickly as possible. And then after the consecration, I don't hold it up too long so people don't get teed off at me. And then I just want to say the name of St. Agnes as quick as I can because she's my favorite saint, and so I want to say her name next to Jesus. So I'll say it a little slower so we can pray a little better. And we don't have the washing of the feet, but let's also commit ourselves to that last fruit, commitment to the poor, our neighbor, all. We have to love them all. And when you come up for Holy Communion, remember he loved you to the end, and you can love him to the end. What's that first fruit? Intimate union. We all know what intimate means. Love, lovers. Let's make Holy Communion that way tonight and all the days of our life. The Lord Jesus gave us this mystery in the nighttime, in the evening, for old things were passing. He was reminded all power would come on that Easter morning. These gifts come. His love to the end comes in the evening because his power comes on Easter morning. And we will sing soon enough. Tomorrow will be a day of mourning because the purification for sin didn't come cheap and didn't come easy. But he saw it and he loved you. And he loved you to the end. So we're going to pause and recollect a little bit, talk to Jesus personally in our hearts, and then we're going to say the Mass as he said it with adoration and love for God, seeking intimate union. We're going to love him to the end because he loved us to the end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.